Hello everybody, take your seats. We're going to start talking about planning in just a few minutes. Take your seats, please. Thank you. It's the Change Academy podcast, everybody. This podcast is a podcast for all of you folks out there who are just trying to make a change in your life. Because on this podcast, we believe that every single one of you has the ability to choose a new set of habits, a new set of thought patterns, a new set of behaviors. And each episode of the Change Academy podcast, we're going to examine a different aspect of how exactly to do that. And to kick things off, my name is Brock Armstrong. I'm the host of the Get Fit Guy podcast, and I'm a movement and fitness expert and also a uh, enthusiast of change and behavior. <laughs> and I'm here as always with Monica Reinagel, who is the host of the Nutrition Diva podcast and shares my enthusiasm for behavior change, habits and lifestyle reformation. <laughs> it's great to see you, Brock. So last time that we were together, we talked about goals and objectives and what the difference between those two things are, because there is a subtle difference. Yeah. And how both goals and objectives really are essential for sustainable behavior change. This week, though, we're going to be talking about how to make a plan that ends up turning a goal into reality. Because you know what they say, a goal without a plan is just a wish. (laughs) But before we get into that, we often like to take this time at the beginning of the podcast to share some of the things that we've been working on in our own lives. So Brock, uh, have you been working on anything this week? I have. I actually noticed just this afternoon, um, I've been taking an online course, an online certification course um, for something that I've been very interested in for, uh, man, 15 years, I'm going to say. And I finally decided to actually get some certification in it. And because I've been reading books on it, I've been doing it, I've been thinking about it, I've been practicing it for so long I really do feel like I know most of this stuff. So during the the course and during the, the classes and during the lessons, I have to actively stop myself from having that thought, oh, I know this already, and just sort of spacing out or grabbing my phone. I found myself a couple of times. This is a dirty little secret here is uh, I found myself a few times. I signed up for TikTok. Have you tried oh, TikTok yet? No. <laughs> there, It's so freaking addictive. And I find myself occasionally during the lessons, I'll just sort of like, if it's like, oh yeah, I, I know this part, I'll just grab my phone and find myself flipping through TikTok. And it's like, no, put that down and focus because no matter how much I may actually know the, the topic that they're covering and I may actually have learned it before, I don't know everything Believe it or not, <laughs> I don't know everything there is to know about this topic, and I'm sure there's some stuff that that will unearth. And I also don't know this particular practitioner, this particular instructor's view on things. So it's, it's sort of one of those reminders of, you know, you have to engage and you have to have an open enough mind to remember that even though you may know something or think you know something or have ever read something or watched a documentary about something or whatever, you still need to keep an open mind and you still need to listen because there's opportunities for growth and learning all the time, no matter how much you think you know this already. So put the TikTok aside, Brock. I was just going to say, <laughs> I wonder how many listeners of this podcast just got caught 
in TikTok while they were yeah. listening, multitasking. But I think there's also that thing about how what we can learn from something that we feel like we already know just by hearing it again from a different perspective or from a different point of experience in our lives. You know, there's always that fresh perspective that comes with hearing something again. Yeah. Yeah. And as much as I love TikTok, I got to say it's as far as the social medias go, it's actually quite joyful. Like, especially at a time in history where things where there's an awful lot of division and and a lot of, I don't want to say animosity, but it is bordering on animosity towards people, a lot of accusations and stuff flying Certainly around. Certainly a lot of heightened emotions. A lot of heightened emotions. TikTok is this joyous place of cat videos, <laughs> dancing <laughs> videos, so many dancing videos. I love the, just the joy of watching all these people like just showing their moves. It's, it's so fun. Or these little weird voiceover things. It really is a, a bit of a safe haven in terms of social media anyway. A little way to reduce some stress. Yeah. Yeah, if you like cat videos and dancing videos, it's a perfect place. Well, I have been working a little bit this week on being trying to be a little bit more consistent about some of the habits that I'm working on developing. And to do that, I'm using an old tried but true trick. And that is when I complete an activity one time, whether it's I complete a yoga session, I complete a jog, whatever it is, before I finish that activity, I decide when I'm going to do it again. Mm. And I just, you know, and I make that part of the completion of one activity is, is to kind of throw that line out into the future and make a commitment to myself about when the next time will be that I will do that. And I'm finding that very helpful. It's such a small thing, but it really does make a difference. That's interesting. The Because you said jog, like when you went out for a jog, I actually encourage my, the people I work with, the people I've coached as part of their cool down and this is this is definitely part of the cool down. Cool down can be a physical thing, but it's also a mental thing is to make a note of when you're going to do this workout again and what you're going to do differently about it. What ah. you learned from doing that particular jog today, can you apply to the next time you're doing it? So as in terms of actually writing it down, you can add that information too. And I'm going to change my route or I'm going to wear different shoes or I'm going to try a faster interval or those kind of things can be part of your your cool down as well. Well, it occurs to me that this is the perfect segue into our main topic today, because these are sort of ways of planning. These are ways of putting a plan into place that will help us make steps towards our goals. So perfect. did you know that not having a plan is actually the fourth deadly sin in uh, <laughs> in goal reaching? There are seven, <laughs> there are seven deadly sins uh, of goal reaching. And number four is not having a plan. That's right. Well, somebody once said that the road to hell is paved in good intentions. And I don't know if that's true, but I do know for sure that the road to nowhere is paved with intentions that never get converted <laughs> into action. Yep. And it's so common that there's actually an entire branch of social science dedicated to studying what they call the intention behavior gap. There's actually an official name for it. And, uh, and I spent quite a bit of time looking at this literature a couple of years ago preparing for a presentation, and it was fascinating. And so first, just to know that, okay, it's not just me. Everybody struggles to, to translate their intentions into behavior, to close that gap between good intentions and healthy behaviors. But the research is looking at, okay, so for the, those who are more successful at it, what do they do that the rest of us don't? What do they know or have that the rest of us fail to put in place? And I think that can be really instructive. 
And one of the things, one of the keystones of people who successfully bridge the gap between intentions and behaviors is planning, or more specifically, what they refer to as action planning. Mm. And I think this is the kind of planning that most of us think about when we when we think of the word planning. It's anticipating how, when, and where you're going to perform the steps. Like, what do you need to put into place? I've heard that referred to as implementation intention, which is an overly clinical <laughs> term, I'd say, but it is accurate because you're setting your intention not only to do something, but actually how you're going to implement it. So it's much more of a robust plan. So it's not just, I'm going to exercise more. It's actually like making the solid plan and and doing it or, or how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, um, where you're going to do it, all of that information. Exactly. So let's take that as a as an example, that goal, like I, my goal is to exercise more. And just to, uh, just to refer back to our last episode, where we talked about goals and objectives, maybe your objective that's tied to that goal is that you want to be someone who takes really good care of your body. So now you've got two essential things, you've got your goal, you've got your objective, and maybe you even have what they sometimes call a smart goal, which is one that's specific and measurable and time specific. Um, and so your goal is not just to exercise more, but to exercise, let's say, three times a week for 30 minutes this week. Now, you're already like well along the way, but you don't yet have an action plan. So in that situation, your action plan might be, okay, three times a week, which days? And, yeah. you know, what time of day? Am I going to do it before work? Am I going to do it at my lunch hour? Am I going to do it after work? And what am I going to need? I'm going to need running shoes. I'm going to need clean uh, workout clothes. Are, are they clean? Do I need to do laundry <laughs> between now and then? Are they packed where I will need them when it's time? Are they in the trunk of the car? Are they in my gym bag? Whatever. Who's going to watch the kids while I'm running? All of that is action planning. And when we do that kind of specific planning, we are so much more likely to follow through on that plan. You know what I love about that plan too, is that it was framed in the what you're going to do, not what you don't want to do because I think a lot of times people plan around the things that they don't want in their life or that they don't want to to do instead of making the plan for what they actually want so in this case like making a plan to work out on these specific days rather than don't be lazy or, right. or stop skipping your your workouts and like just framing it in something that you actually desire to do versus like don't drink so much alcohol or don't snack after dinner. It's much easier and much more fulfilling to to actually make the plan and stick to the plan of something that is actionable rather than something that you're stopping yourself from doing. Yeah, so much more rewarding. Yeah. And on my to-do list, I'm at my my to-do list. We're people who listen to this podcast are gonna get sick of me talking about my to-do list, but my to-do list includes, Works for you. Yeah. Well, it, it includes the things that I have to do, the things I'm doing for work, the things I want to do, like hockey games I want to watch back in the days when there was hockey <laughs> to watch and things like that. And for a while at the bottom of my to-do list, I would say things like don't snack after dinner so you can get a good sleep or no alcohol tonight to get better sleep. And every time I look at my to-do list, it was kind of like a little smack in the face. (laughs) It's like a reminder that, yeah, that I'm going to have to be a good boy tonight and not snack after dinner. So when I started framing it in, just get rid of that one thing and, and say, do the things that, that 
make me have a better sleep. And I know mm-hmm. what those things are. I know what mm-hmm. my routine is that makes me sleep better, but framing it in the positive and in something actionable rather than in something that I was denying myself just made a huge difference. And and I think this falls really nicely into our implementation intention idea. I love here. that. Yeah. So when you have a goal, even if it's a very specific goal that you can measure, it's still important to to take that step of deciding what the steps are, when they're going to happen, what you're going to need, what kind of support, and to put all of those things in place or in motion to make it possible for you to do that. But it turns out that this is not the only type of planning. There is a second type of planning that they talk about in this scientific literature. And it's just as important. It's just as critical as action planning, only maybe it's even more important because nobody does it. Nobody knows about it. (laughs) Nobody talks about it. And that's called coping planning. Mm. And coping planning refers to anticipating what barriers, what obstacles could come up to throw you off the plan. What could happen uh, to, um, you know, to make it hard for you to follow through with your plan and then to have some contingency plans, to have some plan Bs. Um, So what happens if your boss makes you stay late? What happens if the class is canceled? What happens if the babysitter is sick? You know, what what happens if the dog eats your running shoe? You know, what are you going to do then? And so apparently it turns out that having those contingency plans or doing that kind of coping planning is a big part of closing that intention behavior gap. It makes sense. And also going, I guess, hand in hand with that sort of thought is we, when we're making these plans, we have a certain expectation of, of what we want to, to get done. And as well as sort of having the coping plan, the ability to reduce our expectations, I guess, is part of that as well. So if we're planning, let's say the plan is on Wednesday night to go and do a 30 minute workout at the gym because my clothes are in the, in the, the trunk of the car and all that stuff is lined up, but you got stuck in traffic and, and things are not going as planned. You're not going to be able to make it to your class or something like that. And having that, the ability to reduce your expectations from having the 45 minute workout to, well, okay, instead of doing 45, I'll do a half an hour. I'll do 10 minutes or I'll just go straight home and do the workout in the living room because that's going to save me time and I'll be able to put the dinner in the oven before I start the workout. And just having not only the coping plan, but having the flexibility to change the expectations, I think plays really well with that same idea. Yeah. The more I think about this, the more I think that the value or the importance of coping planning isn't just about being able to foresee all of the things that might go wrong and Mm -hmm. to have a plan for them because We can never foresee all of the things that can go wrong. If we could foresee them all, we could prevent them from happening. So there's no way to anticipate every possible thing that could crop up. And so it can't just be about having a plan for having a contingency plan for every possible uh, event. I think a lot of the value of coping planning is just psychologically acknowledging, okay, you know what? A certain percentage of the time, things are not going to go according to plan. And that is not going to be my excuse Yeah, to not yeah. follow through. That's not going to be how I rationalize not following through on my goal. And I think maybe that could be the most powerful thing of all is just knowing from the get go, right? Some of this isn't going to happen the way I'm planning and that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to just keep going anyway. That's really, you're, you're 
kind of talking about just taking responsibility for executing your your plan. I think a lot of the time we're we're easily swayed to blame the lack of executing our plan or following through on our plan or or planning robustly enough to just blame it on somebody else and kind of wash our hands and be like, well, it was out of my control. External circumstances, right. Yeah, so taking responsibility for the events and how you deal with them, I think, is uh, is an important sort of mindset to come at it, that it's it's up to you to make this plan, to execute this plan. Nobody can make can do it for you and no one can stop you from doing it either. If you've if you've actually committed to the plan, you've thought through the plan, you've reduced your expectations if you need to, you've got your coping ideas in place, then it's your responsibility whether you do it or not, regardless of what life throws at you. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've often heard elite athletes talk about how they use visualization mm-hmm. to to achieve their peak performance. So whether it's um like a shot put hurler or um, a hurdle runner, I've heard um, people who run hurdles say that they run the entire track in their mind, every step, and they visualize every hurdle and they visualize them selves in perfect rhythm and sailing over just right or um, whatever. But that visualization of the perfect forehand or the perfect serve is a big part of their process that they kind of their brain goes through it first. And that helps their muscles then create that idealized version. So how would that leave room for acknowledging that things don't always go as planned? Is that kind of a something that elite athletes can't afford to do? Well, if they if they think they can't afford to do it, then they're probably cutting themselves short because things go wrong in in athletics as much as they go wrong in in life. Probably even more often. I've never seen. I've never had as many um, chain drops on my bike <laughs> in regular life as I do in races. In competition, yeah. yeah I, I don't know what that is. I guess it's the just the intensity of which I'm pedaling or something, but. I think the the important part, aside from having those plans and having those sort of backup plans, and and like you said, we can anticipate some things that might go wrong, but we can never anticipate all of them. And I think the visualization actually becomes, how am I going to handle something when it goes wrong? Not necessarily the specifics of like, sure, you can think through like, if my shoe comes untied, well, I'm going to stay calm, I'm going to bend down, I'm going to tie my shoe and I'm going to carry on. But it it's more acknowledging the fact that something could go wrong and being all right with that can give you that calmness and give you that deliberate action rather than flapping around and flailing and or wanting to quit and walking off the course. You know you're prepared mentally that, yes, something may go wrong, and if it does, I will handle it. I interviewed uh, a CrossFit athlete who is the fittest woman in the world a couple of years in a row. And she and her coach went through, I think she literally said 101 things that could go wrong during competition. And they put them all on a whiteboard and worked through what she was going to do for each one of those. Now, with 101 things, they probably covered their bases pretty well. And uh, and she ended up doing really well. But that thing, is some coping planning. <laughs> seriously, like, I don't think we all need to do that by any means. <laughs> Maybe um, there was another method to his madness. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think in the end, and she acknowledged this, that when things did go wrong, she didn't freak out. She didn't 
get flustered, she was just able to be like, oh, okay, this wasn't what I had planned. This isn't what I visualized as my perfect execution, but I can handle it. Let me just flip through my 101 solutions to find the (laughs) one that applies to this particular disaster. (laughs) So yeah, I think, you know, coping planning is about resilience. It's about determination, definitely about flexibility. But in the end, I think it's about commitment. Yeah, well, and that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about the responsibility as well. Like you've got to be you've got to be responsible for taking the action and you've also got to be committed to to taking the action and committed to your plan and committed to your goal. Yeah. If you've been listening to this podcast in this all these episodes in order, there's a reason why we didn't get to planning until episode 5, and that's because the other things need to be in place first. Wouldn't you say that would determine if you've gotten to the planning stage and you've done all you've executed the other four episodes, I guess, or three episodes at least, properly in order, then your commitment and your dedication to it is already established. Mm -hmm. So any of the planning you do is not going to be wasted effort. Mm -hmm. And there's probably some people out there who are who are thinking, yes, I've gone through the episodes in order, I've got all this stuff, but I still I'm worried that I'm going to make a plan for the wrong thing or I'm going to make the wrong plan. Mm. And and they stay frozen, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you end up not creating a plan because you're so worried that you're either going to do it wrong or you've chosen the wrong thing. And I just want to assure you that there are no bad plans out there. There are undesired outcomes or less than desired outcomes from those plans. But without actually putting a plan into action, you never will find out. Don't get hung up on the on the right and wrong. It's kind of like making making decisions. You hear that in in business all the time is there is no bad decision. There may be an undesired outcome, but even that undesired outcome just makes you go, okay, let's let's try something else. Let's pivot and do something else. Or if it is working, then you double down on it and you just dig in in deeper. And it's the same way with planning. So don't get hung up on on thinking it through and getting stuck and trying to trying to make the perfect decision and the perfect plan. Just make one and go for it. Right. And then I think the corollary to that is that having made a plan, go ahead and follow the plan um, yeah. just to, to see where it leads. Even if you suspect, OK, this might not have been the plan I'm going to stick with. This may not be the plan I repeat, but let me at least see where I end up if I follow the plan. Because then you learn not only what what that plan has to teach you, but you learn to become a better planner. Yes. But if yeah. you're if you're constantly abandoning your plan one step in, you never kind of get that feedback loop. So make your plan, stick to your plan. It's not the end of the world. You can always make a different plan next time, but you'll be so much better informed. And you're also strengthening that following through on the plan muscle, which is really important. When you pivot your plan or you you rethink your plan, it's not giving up on it. It's not that's not the same thing as as giving up or giving in. It's tweaking and changing and and re rejigging the plan mm-hmm. is that's just another step in the plan. It's not an abandoning of it. It's not a failure. Right. Not the way so- we define failure anyway. We love failure. We'll get to that soon. (laughs) Failure is one of our favorite things. A few more episodes. But to summarize what we talked about today, yeah, having a goal without a plan, that's just a wish. But on the other hand, things never go according to plan. And it's good to know that going in. But here's, here's how I like to think about this. 
Your objective, that objective we talked about last week, think of that as your destination. And your goal is the vehicle that's going to carry you closer to your destination. Now, your plan, that's your roadmap. That's really important to have when you set up on a road trip. But here's the last thing. Expect detours. Expect road closers. Expect construction uh, that's going to force you off of your, your plan and into a slightly different route. And sometimes that's where a lot of the fun happens. I think um, you and I are both old enough to remember, remember triptychs? Oh, yeah. I think hopefully there's some other people out there who are nodding and and smiling along with us. But back before we had GPS devices, you'd create (laughs) triptychs or even like get other people or computer programs to create triptychs. And I think that's what the plan really is, is it's a it's a little thing Mm -hmm. that you you flip through and like, okay, well, I reached this destination. What's next? And you turn the page and it's like, oh, okay, well, then I turn left here and go 500 kilometers in this direction. I love the old triptychs, but. GPS is still much better, I guess. I'm feeling nostalgic. <laughs> so, Brock, want to give us this week's lab assignment? Yeah, I sure do. And for those of you who haven't listened to the other episodes, this is the time of the podcast when we give you a little thing that you can take away and start working on right away because we don't want you to just be a passive listener to this podcast. We want you to be an active listener and an active participant in your own life. And uh, and hopefully this podcast will, will help you move things along in the right direction. So we call it your lab assignment, and this is your lab assignment for this week. We want you to pick one of the goals that you listed in last week's lab assignment, because if you remember, we had you actually go and write down some of your goals and work through a, a whole process to get to them. And be sure that you've also figured out what your larger objective is as well. Then we want you to sit down and create a two-week plan for how and when you're going to take the next steps towards that goal. And then, this is, (laughs) it's getting getting complicated, do some coping planning like Monica was talking about. Think about how things could go awry and what you're going to do to recover, whether that's just adjusting your expectations or completely manipulating the situation to work in your favor, take the responsibility for figuring out how you're going to cope with those little things that pop up every once in a while. That's right. The goal is just to get to the end of the triptych so you can flip (laughs) that page and see where you're headed next. We have all of our uh, millennial listeners are going to be Googling, what's a triptych? Yeah, if you don't know what it is, (laughs) Google it because it was fun. The AMA used to make them and you'd like they'd Give it in like a little laminated duotang and stuff. It was so fun for road trips. All right. Well, before we let you go, we would love for you to join the Change Academy. And here's how you can do that. The first thing that you can do is get your device right now, whatever you're listening to us on, open up that app that you're listening to in and hit the subscribe button. Mm -hmm. And that way, the next episode will be there waiting for you when you come back. The second thing you can do is go to our website at changeacademypodcast.com and sign up for updates. And we can um, make sure that you know when new episodes come out, but also about any special events or courses or anything else that we have going on, you will be in the know. And then you might want to come and find and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and our handle on all of those is changeacpod. Change ACPOD, uh, or just search for Change Academy Podcast and uh, and come join us on social media. And then once you have connected with us, whether it's by email or by social media, 
We want to hear from you. We want to know what you're working on. We want to know how this week's lab assignment went and how we can help. We're really looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah. In terms of the lab assignment, just you could let us know what your, um, which goal you chose to, to go after, or you could let us know a little piece of your, your plan, or let us know if we can help you sort of formulate your plan a little bit better. If you're, if you're running into some walls about that, we're happy to help in any way we can. Personally, I just want to hear the most outrageous detour that occurs. (laughs) I thought you were going to say the most outrageous plan. (laughs) Nope, nope. I want to hear the thing that mo- that goes most outrageously not according to plan and how you recover. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> okay, we'll wrap it up there and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Change Academy podcast. Bye. Bye, everybody. All right. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget your lab assignment. This has been the Change Academy. <laughs> <laughs>